Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. First of all, I'd like to say thank you to this episode's sponsor, Twillery. Twillery makes top-of-the-line dress clothes for men. And not only is it stylish, but their clothes are very comfortable and affordable. So make sure to check them out at twillery.com. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com. And enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Neely and Chloe Birch of Neely and Chloe. After parting ways into the workforce, they reunited and created their self-named brand as it is today, which has been featured in Vogue, Forbes, Ellie, and many more. Listen as we talk about their upbringing and the overall inspiration towards creating Neely and Chloe, the handbag company it is today. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Neely and Chloe Birch of Neely and Chloe. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, of course. So I want to start out with your guys' upbringing. So what was your childhood like and where did you guys grow up? We grew up uh, right outside Philadelphia. Okay. um, And we spent about 12 years on a farm. Um, So pretty rural, about an hour or so outside Philadelphia. Um, And, you know... It was, I think it's about as idyllic as it gets. Mm-hmm. We've been best friends since our parent, one of our parents' number one parenting goals, I think, if you ask them um, from the very, very beginning was that the two of us be as close as two girls could be. Yeah. Um, our father still says his saddest day of his parenting career was when we decided to stop sharing a room. And <laughs> to put it into context, we were 16 and 17 years old when we decided to do that. <laughs> Gotcha. So we made it a while. Did you guys ever have an entrepreneurship mindset growing up? Did you guys say like a lemonade stand or did you guys make any products? Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, we grew up in this this house that was sort of an intersection of serial entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, and fashion, actually. So okay. our mom met our dad working for uh, his company, which is a company called Eagle's Eye that sold women's and children's knitwear. Mm-hmm. Um, they made and sold. And my dad has had a series of um, different businesses and things that he's done. And I think it's funny, you know, a lot of kids come home at 22 or it, the, those that work up the courage to come home at any point and say, hey, I've decided to quit my job and jump into my own business. And I think many parents' reactions are, have you lost your mind? And (laughs) in our household, it was, well, that's, it's about time. We've been waiting for this. So we're of our three, of the three adult children in our house, all three are entrepreneurs. Wow. Awesome. So I saw you guys both went on to study at Washington and Lee University. What did you guys each study? Yes. Um, So I'm one year younger than Neely. Um, and so I graduated in 2014, but I studied American history. Okay. And I was an art history major there. Um, I actually was planning on being a history major as well until I sat in an art history class to fill a credit and was like, wow, (laughs) I can take history and do it with, with images. This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was really the beginning of the, you know, more aesthetic, my aesthetic development. Um, I guess not the beginning, but the first classroom environment where I did that. Gotcha. So prior to Neely and Chloe, what kind of jobs were you guys working at this time? Yeah, I was a, 
I graduated in 2013 from Washington Lee, uh, one year before Chloe, and I went to work at Sotheby's. So I had had a couple of internships, both in the museum um, and the art auction world. And I spent about a year uh, at Sotheby's in in a what's called a floater program. So you kind of bop all over the company doing different tasks until you ultimately get placed in a longer term position. And, and it was about nine months in when I was getting placed into that position. And that was when I decided to jump ship. And I went on to launch um, a mobile retail concept, hmm. which we can I can tell you all about. But um, I did that for about a year and a half then before convincing Chloe to also jump ship and come <laughs> be my business partner. Um, gotcha. Yes. And so I graduated, um, as I said, just right after Neely and I um, went to work at J. Crew as a merchant uh, in New York. So I was there for a little over a year um, learning the ins and outs of the fashion world. Um, it gave me a really great, um, you know, basic level of knowledge from a business perspective as well as a creative perspective in the in the fashion world. And then mm-hmm. in 2015, and summer of 2015, Neely finally convinced me to to jump ship and join her. Gotcha. So, what inspired you guys to then develop your brand that you have today? What was the inspiration behind this? You know, I spent about a year and a half. Um, I was buying wholesale, selling retail, and I had an online platform as well as this pop up shop concept. We were bumping up in and around the East Coast. Uh, and we learned a ton. And I think mm-hmm. basically what it became was a very intensive year of market research. Um, and it really felt like we couldn't find what we were looking for in the market. Um, I think both as shoppers as well as um, as well as you know as a buyer for my consumers, I felt like there were holes there and there were things missing. So Chloe at the time was at J. Crew. She basically came on board and was like you're an idiot. You don't know what anything is called. You're walking around blind. There's so many things you need to learn from me. This had some institutional knowledge. Um, and she brought all of that to the table. So um, that was really our jumping off point. Okay. Were you guys ever hesitant into doing business together, being sisters? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, almost like working with yourself a little bit. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, we, we, the time as well you know um unread, there's certain things going to business with them i'm sure you kind of have to tiptoe around or on and i think you know the fast friends and sisters um you know really helps us in a in a business perspective because we can be very honest and open with each other without hurting one another's feelings for sure so where did you guys begin working then? Did you guys have a space? Was this at one of your homes? Or how did this get started from here? I think we were in a WeWork when we started. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Chloe? Yes, we were in a yeah. WeWork. Um, I think, you know, while we were doing our year of um, development and fundraising and all of that, and then when we launched the business, we... Um, had a pop-up shop. So I think we gave up the WeWork and worked from our apartment while we had a store because we were just spending so much time in the store. So what did some of your first products look like then? Were you guys both the makers of your products and you guys had no one else and you guys were just making handbags at this time? Or what did this look like? We actually launched the collection with, it was 12 silhouettes of handbags and two silhouettes of shoes, actually. 
Um, so the idea was really around creating sort of the perfect incarnation of a tote bag. What goes into the, what is, what does every woman look for in her tote? What does she need in her tote? And how do we incorporate both of those things and make it beautiful at the same time? Um, a lot of the, a lot of those 12 products, I guess we should count sometime, but there's a, <laughs> I would say at least half of them um, are still part of our line today. Um, so our tote bags, our cosmetic cases, our iconic mini lady bag. Um, and then there are some that, you know, fell to the wayside. That was not our, yeah. not our favorite. Uh, didn't, didn't click. We had this one that we sort of, um, fondly became known as the doctor bag that were one of those things that just sort of sit in the corner of the warehouse. And every time you come back, they seem to be multiplying and you're yeah. not really sure how that's possible, <laughs> but there they are. So how would you guys begin to market your products then to spread the word that you guys are a developed company by this time? Yeah. So, I mean, the very first thing we did before we even launched, which is one of my favorite things that we did, mm -hmm. um, we had a little apartment uh, in Chelsea in New York and we were going through the proto sample process and we had, I don't know, we were probably looking into developing like 15 different silhouettes and we invited everybody we knew in New York. We said, come over, we'll give you some wine, come over, <laughs> fill out a survey. And we merchandised the bags into our apartment like it was a little shop yeah. um, and got anonymous surveys from everyone there and really crowdsourced the feedback and the ideas. And I think that was such a great jumping off point. It was part of the development process, but it, um, you know, it created a little bit of buzz and enthusiasm and it was friends of friends and it really got the ball rolling uh, when we launched the company that September. For sure. um, and then in the beginning, it was really about, and a, our pop-up shop was really a marketing component. Mm -hmm. It was less about, I mean, the sales were helpful and were great, but it was more about creating an aesthetic and a feeling for the brand. Um, so we launched with our little pop-up shop. Uh, we built this online platform and the company was direct to consumer when we launched. So really focused on digital advertising, word of mouth. And then um, what ultimately became pretty formative was the trunk show component. So mm. we, um, we were trunk show machines for the first year at least, and we still do a great deal of them. But whether it was in somebody's house or in a boutique or lots of different places, we would go and, and be professional schleppers, bag ladies, and be bringing all of our wares and um, selling them, giving people the opportunity to touch and feel and see them in person. That's awesome. So at this time, was it all uniform models throughout or did you guys ever do custom made by order bags or was it all uniform? So we, um, it, we, you know, ordered the product in bulk, yes, mm -hmm. all uniform, um, but we actually have a big emphasis on customization. So um, we launched uh, one or two ways on how to customize the product. Um, you know, we made the decision to always, um, there are logos on the interior of the bags. And then um, so we really wanted the customization as though the and then it was about us when leaving. So um, we definitely customize it. We are working, hopefully in the future, on doing some more made-to-order things. But um, mm -hmm. more customized pieces um, are, you know, we get our bulk uh, inventory in, and then we can customize it and tailor it to each customer. Awesome. So 
prior to launch, did either of you guys have experience with e-commerce? I know that's the future of selling today and it's crucial to learn. So during school, say, or at your previous jobs, did you guys have experience physically with e-commerce? No. <laughs> no? Yeah. Uh, no. I think, um, you know, as much as I loved my art history education, and I think Chloe will say the same thing about hers, is the biggest thing we hoped to come out of it with was an ability to write and to write well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was not very little of either one of our formal educations was about um, specific tasks or skill sets that you bring into uh, a career, unless, of course, I was aiming to becoming become a docent. Mm. Um, but you know, it it I think for us it was you know, there were we were twenty three and twenty four at the time, so mm. the list of things that we didn't know enough about to be doing what we were doing <laughs> was extremely long. Yeah. Um, and so we you know, we, we worked really hard to find the medium between, you know, giving it a go and trying to muscle your way through what you knew and what you didn't know. Uh, and then realizing where there was an opportunity to bring in somebody that was smarter and more experienced than you were. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. knew more about it than you did. And there were there were a lot of people we tried to surround ourselves with for support in those uh, early days. And we have a web team who's still with us today that really helps and supports on the e-com and digital marketing side of things. Awesome. So what would you guys say separates your products from others in your industry then? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's less product driven and more brand driven than anything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, of course, I'm a little biased. I think we have the best intersection of price and quality that is out there. Yeah. Um, I just don't think you get the quality bags that we offer at this price point really anywhere else. Um, but that being said, I think one of the key components of this company and the reason um, we built it the way that we did was because we as shoppers felt like we were looking for more and deeper connections with the brands that we were engaging with. Mm -hmm. um, I think we went out and, you know, you see a bag and it's a $200 bag and it's nice, but I want to know more about why you made it and who's it for and where did the idea come from and, and who is this big anonymous brand that, you know, I, I don't know anything about. Sure. Um, and so I think, you know, especially kind of coming into your twenties in this time when, the blogosphere was just gaining so much steam and everything seemed perfect and everything seemed easy. And you're sitting around in New York and you're like, God, my life feels hard compared <laughs> to all these people on the internet. It seems totally. like it's really going well for them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought there was an opportunity and a chance to create a brand that was about transparency and about honesty and about talking about the less glamorous components of, of creating a company like this. Um, and building a relationship with your customer that was deeper and more meaningful and more personal mm -hmm. um, than so often happens. And I think that's really one of the biggest differentiators about Neely and Chloe, that when you purchase, you're, you're buying more than just a bag. You're becoming a part of this group of women that we're so proud to um, you know, engage with on a regular basis. Mm. So what would you say is your main demographic for your products? I would, you know, for regions, I would probably say, you know, we're from the Northeast. So I think mm -hmm. we started off very strong there and we continue to be so. And then I think 
um, definitely the Southeast. We've gained a ton of traction in. So um, North Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, um, even up, you know, through DC. Um, and then starting to gain some more um, awareness in, um, you know, the Midwest and then even down, down into Texas. And, mm. you know, our next goal is to head, head West. So um, yeah. working on that. Awesome. So, and then I think yeah. from an, I was just going to say from an age perspective, it's been really interesting to watch the demographics of the company evolve over time. I think we launched the company really with the mindset that this was going to be for consumers like us. We thought it was going to be early 20s to mid to late 30s. I'm not quite ready, ready to graduate to that designer bag that has. the usual. I want something that feels unique. It feels special. And it feels tailored. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really been incredible has been the breadth of our consumer base that we've gotten to see over the years. So we have really, we have everything from 16 year olds who are asking for it on their Christmas list or birthday list <laughs> or saving up for it themselves um, all the way through to our, one of my favorite part of our consumer base is, um, is our older generation that literally calls on the telephone because they mm. don't have an email or yeah. they don't shop online. <laughs> um, and to see how multi-generational the product has been and the way it's resonated with all these different age groups has been incredible. Um, and I think created such a broad platform for us for growth as we look to the next phase of the business. For sure. So what would you guys say, looking at Neely and Chloe today, what are some of your top sellers then? Yeah, so I, our number one seller, we have a bag um, called the Mini Lady Bag. And it actually, we launched it originally with our regular size lady bag and then um, scaled it down about 15% um, the season after we launched the original. And we just... Um, we sell them like chiclets. They, they just go so quickly. I think, you know, it, like Neely said, it can, it appeals to every uh, age group that we have, whether you're 18 or 75 um, mm -hmm. and you can really um, pair it with any different outfit and, and wear so many different places. Um, so it's a very versatile bag and um, you know, that's, that's definitely our number one, our number one seller. Um, and then after that, we have um, some great travel pieces as well. So we have a great travel wallet that can fit everything and kind of double as a clutch. And then we also have a weekender bag, which um, is perfect for, you know, a weekend getaway, can fit in the overhead on an airplane um, mm -hmm. and is super versatile. Awesome. So this is actually something I like to ask my guests, especially during this time. How has business looked during COVID like for you guys? Are you able to, yeah, are you guys able to still operate well and this business going well? If you don't want to share, that's completely fine, but no, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. No, we're, we love transparency. We're yeah. always, you know, I think what's been, that dynamic has actually served us really well mm -hmm. inside of the last four months. Um, we were very quick to hop on Instagram and talk really honestly with our customers about what we were seeing and how things were changing and how it was evolving. Yeah. Um, you know, our, and we haven't really covered this, but about a year and a half into the launch of Neely and Chloe, we started wholesaling. Mm. Um, so we now, we now work with 
predominantly boutiques and better specialty stores um, who've been incredible partners for us and, and we're an omni-channel brand and really believe that those two verticals are incredibly synergistic. Yeah. Um, but that's the side of the company that's really hurting uh, mm-hmm. inside of the last four months. So we've, we've seen really exponential growth on that, on that side of the business and expected, you know, 2020 to be quite a year and it's, it's been very hard and um, you know, it's, you, we almost wish you had some big bad wolf partner that you could blame it on or feel, you know, totally like, well, be completely unsympathetic to, but (laughs) all of these partners are relationships that we have, um, you know, grown together and really coveted and, and fostered over the last years, two years, and they're hurting too. So it's been a lot of sort of banding together and figuring out who we can support and where we can help and what we can do. But that, that side of our business has basically been, was basically non-existent for, I would say, what do you think, Chloe, almost three months? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's starting to pick back up now, which is great. Um, But that being said, what's been amazing has been the support of the direct community during the last four months. So our online sales are tracking from what our growth metrics were supposed to be this year, um, are even surpassing what we expected them to be. Uh, So I think that transparent and honest and open relationship we built over the past three years has, has really laid the groundwork for us to have a nice open dialogue that a lot of people to want to engage with and be supportive of a small business like ours over the last couple of months. Yeah. So if you guys don't mind each, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you guys learned or regret or anything, what would that be? Hmm. Um, (laughs) Mine, mine probably be to just, to make sure you always have a plan B um, yeah. because normally plan A doesn't, doesn't go the way you think it's going to. And if it does, it's great. But um, if not, then you're, then you're prepared and, and have a backup plan because um, you know, things, you know, fall through the cracks or something happens and it, and things just don't go the, according to plan. Um, and mm-hmm. I think just always trying to be flexible and have that, um, backup plan in your mind is always, always a good idea. For sure. You know, I think one of, on my side, one of the best pieces of advice we got, as I mentioned, we were, we were (laughs) willing and eager to take advice from anywhere we could when we were trying to get this thing up and off the ground. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice we got was from somebody at a, at a fairly large company who has, really circled back and re-found their identity in the last decade or so. Um, And what he said to us was that, look, you're going to get a lot of pressure to be a lot of things to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you can figure out what you're good at and stay true to that identity and find a way to kind of keep out all of the noise, um, that will serve you so well in the long run. And I think when you build a company and when you're building a concept, um, you there's a lot of fodder in the background that tells you different things about um, what you should or shouldn't be doing. And it's important to you know take some of it into consideration, mm-hmm. but knowing what the tip, the peak of the mountain looks like and finding the right path up has to come back to you. 
um, sure. in the long run and just just do what you're good at. Absolutely. Well, Neely and Chloe, thank you guys so much for joining me today. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Neely and Chloe at neelyandchloe.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.